This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Globalization becomes a regionalization in new world order. U.S. consumers are doing a lot of complaining about price hikes, and the media appears to love aggrandizing the narrative. Yet consumer purchases grew 0.9% last month for the fourth consecutive month, so they have not stopped spending. It is one thing to endure higher prices when you are broke, and another when you can afford them. So far, U.S. consumers still have cash from all the COVID stimulus, and bankers say that accounts have good balances in them. Employment remains strong, and wages have climbed, too. It will take a while for inflation to drain those funds. I think that it is obvious to all, including the Fed, that they moved too slowly, taking the punch bowl away, which turned into a post-pandemic blowout party. They wanted to make sure that the U.S. economy survived the pandemic intact, and all the cash that they had injected into the money supply generated a stellar demand recovery that pandemic-disrupted or damaged supply chains could not keep up with. Then when inflation became apparent, the Fed mistook it as transitory when it turned out to be the real thing. The Fed avoided a COVID-related recession, which now increases the risk of there being an inflation-curing recession as they try to catch up on monetary policy shrinking the money supply. There are at least three different interest rates. The ones that banks pay for deposits, the ones that you pay the bank or lenders, and the real interest rate, which is the interest rate plus or minus inflation. The ones that the bank pay have doubled from 0.4% to 0.8%. Banks charge 4.5% for farm loans, 5.8% for a 30-year home mortgage. Long-term rates are now higher than short-term ones, which is a big change that many see as a bellwether for an economic recession. With interest rates being paid by banks for deposits still at or near 1% for CDs and inflation over 8%, the real interest rate is still very negative. As long as you can borrow money below the rate of inflation, technically you are still ahead. Back in the 1980s, it took the Fed pushing rates above the rate of inflation, causing a recession before they conquered inflation. The Fed has just begun an interest rate hike cycle, and the market is uncertain about what it takes before it finds neutral. They cannot stop hiking rates until inflation breaks and stays down. While most people have lower fixed-rate home mortgages, it freezes them into staying in that home as they cannot afford to lose their locked-in mortgage rate. Higher interest rates will impact asset values, making new home ownership more expensive, which will eventually be reflected in home values. As consumers feel less wealthy, they'll eventually spend like they feel. The stock market has a big job to do determining what its new forward-looking price should be. The biggest conundrum for policymakers will be the impact of higher interest rates and the cost of financing the $30 trillion federal debt. Can they increase interest rates enough to kill inflation without blowing up the federal budget? That will be the next major fiscal challenge. The world changed given the war in Ukraine, as global supply chains that are being unwound are going to have to find new paths through which trade will circuit. The United States has the best advantage by all the metrics to endure a world turning upside down. Everyone wants either to come here or send their money here for safety. We may have disruptions, as with the supply of baby formula, but our private sector has a resiliency and depth of resources available to make relatively quick corrections. 
Most whine about our problems with an ideological bias. I do not see most problems as ideological, nor are the solutions to them ideological. Other reactions are just because Americans have become too darn spoiled. They have been led to believe that someone is to blame for everything they encounter crosswise, with a very low tolerance for uncomfortability. The focus is on blame often more than it is on solutions. Americans are being told how bad things are when in truth we are literally on top of the world compared to all others with what it takes to survive and thrive in a disrupted world. Granted, supply chains that organized over the past few decades so that goods flowed through them in the low-cost, least obstructed manner are blowing up, or may be about to. That leads to higher prices and shortages until economics, which flows like water, finds new paths. The U.S. has the ability to restore some strategic industries to reacquire self-reliance that other nations do not have. I think that we will transition from globalization to more self-reliant regionalism. I think that it will be more forced in us rather than by any choice. Change can be uncomfortable, even painful at times. But will not be all that bad for North America if we focus more to go along to get along with the good neighbors on our borders. Where else in the world can they say that? You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.